Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this July 5th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 and TV 10 also on the TV 10 Facebook page. Brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Twinick, Nick and Colin McLaughlin back from his week-plus vacation there. A, I believe what you had a tour of Spain there on a, on a cruise ship. Yeah, got to go around the Mediterranean. What's going on now? It sounds weird. You in Q by accident or something? We had it, correct? Check. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. We had it at the beginning. We checked it. Yeah, I don't... I guess speak into that one. Check 54321. I guess switch mics over there. I don't know what happened. Well, Colin, that was really weird because it definitely worked in queue right before the show. Yeah, I was about to say. And this one's even messed up. There There you go. go. No, I was waiting for you so it wouldn't make the noise. But yeah, you had a a tour of Spain there on a cruise ship. Yeah, I got to go uh, visit Spain, Italy, and uh, France, enjoying it with my family but glad to be back lots and of back food, to work now uh, lots of as food. rob put on eastern panhandle talk great food i uh, got to try some pizza there in uh naples had some uh lasagna as well uh some french foods as well tried escargot so i think nick might be a little uh a little jealous of you with those that italian food yeah i mean it was good stuff i'm sure it was you know real italian food it was <laughs> I, that's why i sent it to rob just to make him jealous yeah well, he put pictures on the show every day. I know. Uh, that's what Avery delicious. was telling me every morning when I got in. Uh, we'll recap some Berkeley post-14 Hornets baseball action from Sunday. Uh, they played Vienna-Virginia post-180, a uh, team that doesn't have a moniker, a nickname. Didn't find that out. Was trying to figure it out. They ended towards the end of last week. Uh, their coach gave a lot of you know quick facts, and he was like, oh, yeah, we don't have a moniker. We tried to go. We tried to find one, but we just couldn't stick to one over the last 20, 30 years. And I was like, oh, well, that's weird. So it was definitely an adjustment to broadcast a game and call it, I had to call them post-180. That's kind of like calling the Little League, though. They don't really have a team name. Yeah, but I don't know. It was just weird because I was calling the Hornets, the Hornets. Then I started calling them post-14. But uh, Martins, or excuse me, Berkeley post-14 getting the victory 5-2, to two, a game in which uh, Vienna got out to an early 2 nothing lead and then the uh, kind of Martinsburg, or excuse me, I want to say Martinsburg, but it's at Martinsburg Field. Uh, the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets able to uh, just continually, gradually get better throughout that game. The offense came alive, and then uh, pitching Dylan Stevens settled into the ball game after giving up two early uh, runs. One of them was earned, but he struck out 12 in the game and uh, went seven innings strong and got the win. Uh, Chase Herndon came in and got the save after Jackson Ruess went in in the eighth inning in a nine-inning ball game. But, uh, Nick, it was a very good game for that Berkeley post-14 team to see. It was good to see how they came back in the end and that you know they were down. And this Vienna team was a very good team coming in. Yeah, I think it was a good win for Berkeley post-14. I think once Dylan Stevens settled in on the mound, he was pretty much, uh, you know, unhittable after 
early in the ball game, he really shut down that Vienna offense. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the best offensive performance. I know Coach Tobin, who was at the beach, uh, you know, had texted you and said he wasn't that happy with the offensive approach. But overall, they were able to get runs when they needed to. And uh, I find think a way that to get the wins so. kind of impresses you as a team to where if your team's not, maybe they don't look like they're on it. And, you know, during the beginning of the game that they can come in and put some hits back to, you know, timely hits, two out hits uh, back to back, you know, just kind of put them together to get the runs needed to get the victory. And uh, Kamian Gonzalez had, had a pretty good day. He went three for five, uh, scoring two runs. Uh, well, he by the book he went three for five, but there I think there are some errors in there. But he still had a great day and uh, learned from Tobin, manager Tobin, during the game that he uh, played his collegiate baseball last year at Davis and Elkins, and he is now in the transfer portal. So learned that during the ball game. Ty Broughton two for four. Um, he had an RBI. Chase Herndon one for three with an RBI or two RBIs, um, and. You know, just that timely hitting really helped the Hornets in that ball game, and it was good to see that Braden Stottlemyre, who uh, kind of knee buckled come, trying to come out of the box, uh, looked like a very bad injury. But it just, uh, from what uh, Trip Tobin was telling us over text, it wasn't as bad as it appeared. Yeah, it's good to hear. It definitely didn't look great initially, but as you said, he was kind of able to sit on the bench and, and just ice it up, so didn't have to go to the hospital or anything, which was good to. See. See, um, but yeah, a good win for Berkeley post 14. They continue to play pretty good baseball and, uh, you know, look like a team that's getting better each outing, which I think is important. And they were a little bit shorthanded on Sunday, yeah, too. They didn't have their full 12 squad. or 13 of 19 players. Um, obviously didn't have Coach Tobin as well, but uh, Coach uh, Andrew Stevens and Sam Wall stepped in pretty well there and helped out when needed. Uh, tonight they've got a ball game that I believe the reschedule from that initial doubleheader that was set for Sunday. Waynesboro post 15 coming in for at 7 p.m. Then tomorrow they have Warrenton post 72 out of Virginia. Uh, and then Sunday's game still up in the air. Next Wednesday there'll be a doubleheader against Potomac Valley post 64, which is combined, what do we say, Moorfield and Petersburg? Yeah. Um, that'll be a doubleheader. We should have that one for you as of this moment, unless something changes with that doubleheader. Uh, but Sunday's game still up in the air, uh, potentially scheduling Leesburg again. It's uh, waiting to hear the official announcement from uh, manager Trip Tobin, but we will not be able to broadcast these next two games due to the Little League District Tournament that begins tonight at Oatesdale Park right here in Martinsburg. And uh, Nick, it should be an exciting tournament. Yeah, I think both Jefferson and Martinsburg should represent the area pretty well. Uh, we saw Jefferson, you know, with their power, their ability to go deep. One through nine in the lineup has home run power, so that's an exciting team. And I think their first uh, matchup here at Mineral County, you know, Nevin Kilmer told us that they got an impressive team this year. So I think that's a great game to watch tonight. And then the Martinsburg team uh, – you know, we saw that they have the ability to grind out wins against Hedgesville in extra innings, uh, beat Hedgesville twice, had some good performances. The only real time they looked at all like a team that was maybe a little bit down was when they went up against Jefferson, who I think has a good chance of winning states again uh, this year. So, you know, it should be good performances, I think, from both the area teams. There's a lot of talent there, and uh, 
Little League Baseball, it's always fun, it's always exciting, and there's always a lot of unexpected that can happen in a game because you never know kind of how things are going to turn out uh, in a Little League game. So it uh, should be fun tonight, should be fun tomorrow as well, and looking forward to it. Yeah, and you know, looking at the Area 2 tournament, Mineral County playing in just two ball games, winning their first one 7-1 to one over Grant County, and then beating Moorfield in the outright district, or excuse me, Area 2 championship 14-6, to six, so scoring a total of 21 runs over two games. Moorfield, uh, the Area 2 runner-up, they scored looks like 23 runs over three games. Uh, they uh, didn't have to play that play-in game for the first day. They beat Hampshire 13-7. to They lost to Mineral County in that Area 2 champion outright game uh, 14-6, to and then they beat Hampshire 4-1 to uh, to advance as the runner-up. So it should be a great district tournament again tonight or excuse me this afternoon i'll get started with us 450 we'll have a 10 minute pregame before area one runner-up versus area two runner-up martinsburg and moorfield that's a 5 p.m game then scheduled for 7 30 area one champ jefferson area two champ mineral uh the winner of the first game will move on to tomorrow night the loser of the second game will move on to tomorrow the winner will move directly to the state tournament advance as the district six champion uh, and, you know, we can't talk enough about this Jefferson team, uh, what they can do really with uh, the bats in their hand. And Martinsburg should be good as well. Uh, but this Jefferson team has a good chance tonight to outright win the district. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at their lineup, you know, Hunter Hefner hits a home run. He's their leadoff hitter. Andy Roberts has hit two home runs in the tournament. Jacob Hutchinson, I believe, hit two home runs in the area tournament. Uh, you know, Damian Vogel, I believe is his last name. Uh, the catcher, he hit a home run, which was a really nice hit. So, you know, one through nine there, they just have power uh, throughout that lineup. They're a fun team to watch. They're very sound defensively. We saw good pitching out of them. It'll be interesting to see, though, if Mineral County, because last year I don't think the games were very close with them. So it'll be interesting to see. That was a mercy rule. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're uh, gotten better this year or not. And, uh, you know, it's a brand new year, so brand new kids. Uh, But it looks like Jefferson maybe has more this year than they had last year, I think, one through nine. I mean, I didn't see last year's team, but it just seems like every kid uh, has home run power. Every kid has the ability to just rake at the plate. And last year they maybe had one or two guys that could do that, but it, it seems like this year's team has almost more talent potentially and you know that's a lot to say after just one area tournament but i was pretty impressed with them and i think uh you know they'll put on a good performance i think martinsburg too i mean mason elliott on the mound or not mason elliott but elliott clayton elliott the pitcher uh he did a nice job for them they have a few other kids uh donnie peebles stood out uh you know, so they they have kids in their lineup. Thomas Garrett hit a home run or a grand slam. Uh, Donovan Nichols is a big kid that looks like has some power. So it's it's an exciting team there too. Yeah, Martinsburg exciting as well. Uh, they were able to win the runner up game pretty convincingly and uh, able to get into the the district tournament. But uh, we'll have all that for you tonight for or this evening afternoon four fifty starting in the runner up game from for each area team beginning at five and then jefferson's 
area championship or the directly will win the district at 7.30 or 30 to 40 minutes after the first game ends. That'll do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk more conference realignment. And then at 12.30, we'll be joined by Andrew Gillis, NBC Sports Washington, and talk about what the Wizards are doing here as free agency begins. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a new or used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. The excitement of Little League Baseball is rounding third, and we're set to bring you all the action. Join us for the area, district, and state tournament on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. This one poked out to deep right center field, and that one is out of here for a home run. That one a solo shot for Aiden Horowitz, and that will put it at 12-2. The area tournament begins June 24th through the 28th. Districts are July 5th through the 6th, and states are the 15th through the 17th. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. Uh, I thought this was done for a little bit to be honest, until last week. Uh, I thought last fall kind of was the major realignment for the next few years, and then maybe in two or three years we're going to see more realignment. But again, uh, the announcement coming that uh, UCLA and USC will join the Big Ten in 2024 agreement officially reached. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just waiting. Oh. (laughs) And now apparently this morning, according to uh, thespun.com and many other sources, uh, that's all I can find, Colin. You didn't send me a source here. Well, it just says, according to reports, uh, the four current Pac-12 schools, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State, will meet with the Big 12 here today. So I don't know uh, much about it, but it sounds interesting after uh, 
seems like the Pac-12 is going to implode if those four teams go to the Big 12. The question uh, goes, does WVU want to stay in the Big 12, thinking that that's going to be one of the survivors, or do they try to jump ship as well? Now I'm reading uh, from the Kansas City Star, should the Pac-12 seek to expand, fans would favor adding four Pac- or should be the Big 12 expand, the fans would favor adding four Pac-12 schools. I don't see any of this meeting uh, thing, Colin. I don't know where you exactly saw that, uh, but I don't see it confirmed on ESPN, so I don't necessarily know how true that is, but uh, that would be crazy, and I thought it was done, and uh, I'm just kind of, wow, why is this happening? Well, it seemed like initially when Texas and Oklahoma had made the jump to the SEC that maybe the Big 12 would be the league that folds, but I think USC and UCLA moving to the Big 10 is probably more significant in terms of how it impacts conferences because now you look at the Pac-12 and it's like, besides Oregon, who's really there that you would say is a is a big-time Power 5 team? And I, I would say there's probably nobody. So uh, at least in the Big 12, you still had, you know, Oklahoma State, who had been pretty good for a few years. Uh, West Virginia used to be, you know, one of the better teams in the nation. I don't know if they still are, not really. Uh, Iowa State... <laughs> Has had a few teams here and there. You know, Kansas State has had a few teams. There's just more there, it seems like, remaining than in the Pac-12. So if the Pac-12 were to have a few teams join the Big 12, it could make some sense. Uh, But overall, I think this is going to eventually come to maybe college football having different conferences than every other sport because I think this is... We mainly do have, a football move and i think we're going to see like college football super conflict conferences and then basketball baseball everything else maybe be broken up into more traditional conferences yeah at least that's we, what i kind of hope because i feel like this these moves are strictly for football and it, it impacts a lot of the other sports too we do have breaking pac-12 news as of 1207 a statement coming out the pac-12 board of directors met this morning and authorized the conference to immediately begin negotiations for its next media right agreement that's about it that's there's nothing besides media rights agreement uh, there's not any new teams, which is kind of interesting. Well, when you look at the college football playoff system, and it's only four teams getting into that right now, but there's five power conferences, yeah. you had to see this coming, that there would be one to implode, and it was either going to be the Big 12 or the Pac-12. So it's kind of surprising that when Oklahoma and uh, Texas left the Big 12 that a merger between the Big 12 and Pac-12, in my opinion, didn't happen sooner. Why not try to combine and become a powerful conference so then this scenario of USC and UCLA would have uh, never happened to them going to the Big 10 because you'd be in a control seat now to be a Big 4 coming merger and maybe possibly compete with the SEC. Yeah, it does seem like, too, I mean, to your point, that Typically, the Big Ten and the SEC are almost locks that their champ is getting into the uh, playoff, but the Pac-12 and Big 12 are kind of being left out usually for either Notre Dame or an ACC team uh, to take those final two spots. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma's been in a few times, but the Pac-12 really hasn't seen much representation at all besides Washington. Um, But overall, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of all this expansion and all this change, but it's what's happening, and uh, it's definitely set up for some interesting conferences and some 
weird new situations where you know schools like Rutgers are going to be playing UCLA in, in conference play. Just, well, then that's that's one of the big things in here is this like well you have the Big Ten, but obviously Rutgers not a Big Ten team. So do you see them leave the Big Ten and go to somewhere that can be more competitive? I mean, if I was Rutgers, I mean, I they're going to stay for the money. Exactly, yes. you got to stay for the money and hope that one year, maybe a couple years, you're great. If you I guys ever seen the, is uh, just confusing to me. The Big Ten commercial where it shows like all the locations. Mm-hmm. Somebody made a joke that it's going to take like an hour now for it to go from <laughs> UCLA. To... It, it's just it, it is strange that location now it seems like just won't matter at all yeah. for conference realignment, and that kind of started with wvu going to the uh big 12 but now it's really escalating it seems like so it'll just be a matter of time if these uh rumors and reports are true that it's going to be arizona arizona state utah and colorado who's trying to make a return to the big 12 after they left a few years ago them in uh nebraska and uh missouri i think were a couple of them that left the big 12 and that was kind of the uh start of this all change and whether or not it would be to the point that we are now and we see it now so it'll be interesting if that's the case if wvu wants to stay in that conference or if they feel like a change if they can go to a conference like the acc or scc would benefit them more yeah and i think that's their big question and obviously last year they were kind of in the in the discussions of not necessarily discussions but in the the media talk of what will West Virginia do? Will they move to the ACC? That was kind of one of the big talking points in the fall. In the, but that you know, was also because August. Texas and Oklahoma were leaving. So at that point, everybody thought it was going to be the Big 12 that was going to implode, not the Pac-12. Yeah. And I think that's changed. So we'll, we'll see. I think they ultimately stay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And it, I mean, obviously, this is going to be a, a evolving situation. We'll probably update you over the next weeks or so about how this conference realignment will continue. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living. It is family and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll be joined by NBC Sports Washington Wizards reporter Andrew Gillis. The Wizards. Making a lot of uh, interest, they're doing a lot over the last week. They made a trade. They re-signed Bradley Beal to the max extension. Uh, what are they doing next? They're over the luxury tax. So, what's the reason? Why is Bradley Beal there? We'll get into all that with Andrew Gillis after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces. Not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. 
WVU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve close to home. We're now accepting new patients at all four convenient locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, and Winchester. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, world-class heart care close to home. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. At Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths, we ensure your home is both beautiful and functional. We've been taking care of our neighbors for over 25 years. We specialize in kitchen and bathroom remodeling from start to finish, from design until installation. Whether it's countertops, cabinets, backsplashes, or full baths, we've got you covered. Custom work done with care. We are Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Tuesday, July 5th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. We'll now move over to talk some NBA and some Wizards, specifically with NBC Sports Washington. Wizards reporter Andrew Gillis, how are you doing today, Andrew? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. A lot of news towards the end of last week with the start of free agency. Wizards make a uh, trade, and they potentially get their starting point guard and uh, move on from a couple players. Yeah, um, you know, this is kind of going to be a theme as we, we kind of talk about the offseason, as you're going to notice. Um, you know, to me, I, excluding position needs and kind of looking at specific fits in the lineup and that sort of thing, you know, the two big things that I saw that they really needed were defense and three-point shooting. And, and I think they got that with Morris and Barton. Um, you know, both of them played with West, under Wes Unsell Jr. in Denver, um, so you get a kind of familiarity mix there. They know what it's like to play under Unseld. Um, you know, it looks like Morris is going to be their starting point guard. And, you know, you lose KCP, but, you know, you add, you know, Mark Barton and Morris, two guys that are pretty decent three-point shooters. Um, Morris is your point guard. Both of them play good defense. Um, you know, that was something that, that Tommy Shepard kind of honed in on after the season. Um you know, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago at this point, and, and he kind of talked about you know needing more dogs was the word that he used on defense and on the floor. So, you know, they, they were looking to get more intense. They were looking to get better defensively. They obviously needed a point guard, and and I think they kind of addressed some of those needs there with uh, with that one trade. And Bradley Beal, Andrew, uh, he resigns for the supermax contract. Um, I guess. Any surprises there? I mean, uh, there was rumors that maybe teams would go after him or maybe he would request a trade, but he's coming back. No, you know, I, I think it was kind of expected. Um, you know, I think there was the, 
a lot of people just kind of froze and maybe panicked a little bit when they saw that Bradley Beal opted out of that player option for this season. Um, so I guess technically he was a free agent for a very, very brief amount of time. But, um, you know, not really a surprise. Um, you know, it's hard for anybody to kind of turn down that much money, um, that much security. Uh, you know, it's crazy to think considering, you know, Bradley Beal, we all think of him as this player who is still maybe a little bit younger, but, you know, he's nearing the end of his 20s now. You know, this contract is going to take him into his 30s. And, you know, that, that's a lot of money. And, um, you know, the Wizards are, are locking up somebody that, you know, ownership likes, that the coaching staff likes. So, you know, it wasn't really unexpected. I think I would have been pretty surprised if he, uh, if he had left. Um, but, you know, it's, now it's on the Wizards. Um, they, they got Beal under contract. You have him for five years. You got a pretty significant uh, pay raise for him going. So now you need now you need Beal to play, but you've also got to surround him with talent to win, and that's going to be the key here for the next couple of years. He's like I mentioned, as Beal gets older, you would just anticipate, unless he you know defies the aging curve, anticipate that his production kind of dips a little bit. So you know the onus is on the front office on Tommy Shepard to try and uh, try and improve things here pretty quick. When the news broke that uh, Beal was going to stay in Washington on NBA uh, today there on ESPN, Legler had some strong words about Beal saying that he's going to be irrelevant the next five years now. Does he have a point, or do you think that Beal will be fine in Washington? Yeah, I, I think it'll, I think Beal will be fine. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think really this move was about keeping somebody that the franchise knows, that the franchise trusts, and and like I said, you know, you got to add to Bradley Beal. You can't just sit there and say we have Bradley Beal. You know, we're fine. Like, you know, you've got to be proactive with free agents. You've got to be proactive on the trade market because you know this team. You can you can kind of map out the ceiling here. And I mean, the Eastern Conference is just a mess right now. You know, I mean, who knows what's going on with the Nets? And you know, when those dominoes do fall, if they fall with Kyrie with with Durant, you know, whatever's going to happen, what does the conference look like? So, and where do the Wizards fit into that? So you've got all these teams that are kind of, you know, building this arms race, and the Wizards are going to have to fit into that. So, you know, I, I think that that's a stretch. I think Bradley Beal is going to be pretty productive for the Wizards. But, again, you know, he, he's had really good seasons. You know, he's averaged 30 points a year, and the Wizards have, have been, you know, pretty quickly booted from the playoffs. So you need help for Beal, and Beal does need help. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be uh, kind of what they can do around him that's going to make the difference. I believe I was reading with that Beal contract that puts the Wizards over the salary cap. Is that correct? And what does that mean for them if they're already nearing that luxury tax? Yeah, well, so they, they don't really have a lot of money right now. Um, you know, kind of like you said, um, you know, they got uh, uh, guards Alon Wright. Uh, he's the majority of their mid-level exception. Um, so you know, they're, they're pretty much, they're pretty much tapped out. So free agency, I would expect it to be pretty quiet. Um, you know, Thomas Bryant is a, uh, is a pending free agent, you know, it kind of looks like he might be exploring options elsewhere, might be leaving. So, you know, they, they don't really have a ton, uh, a ton of money to work with. Um, so, you know, I think at this point, anything they're going to have to do is going to be by way of a trade. Um, they do have some trade ammunition. I think that other teams could find interesting, um, you know, you maybe look at some of the younger players like a Denny Avdia or a Rui Hachimura or somebody like that. You know, I think you've got some pieces there. Um, but if they're going to make any additions, it's probably going to be have to be uh, by way of the trade market. Um, I don't know how busy they're going to be. 
Um, they did fill their needs in terms of, you know, kind of like I mentioned, stylistically, in terms of position, you got some guards onto the roster now. You've got some defensive help onto the roster. You, you kind of boosted your three-point shooting. So, you know, they might be done right now. And, and I think that, you know, it might just be one of those things where you have to wait and see where you're sitting at the trade deadline. But, but as for now, you know, anything that's going to happen, I think is going to have to happen by way of the trade market. And, you know, when you kind of look at all the rumors around the NBA, was watching SportsCenter with SVP last week, saw Bobby Marks, NBA analyst, said the Wizards are a wild card for KD. How much of a possibility is this? Do we want to go down that road again as Wizards fans after the what happened a couple of years back? Yeah, you know, if only there were a hashtag for uh, for Kevin Durant coming to D.C., right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I think at this point you, you kind of just have to you have to say, you know, if if you're a Wizards fan, you, you just have to kind of sit back and and just assume that uh, you know just assume that it's not going to happen. Um, it, you know, there were so many people, and I believe it was 2016 that they kind of assumed that you know KD was coming or assumed they would get a look, and the Wizards really didn't appear to even be on his radar that summer. So I think at this point, you just have to say, you know what, you know, if KD wants to come, great, we'll adjust. But yeah, right now I would just I just don't anticipate that being a, a real option, especially when you kind of look at some of the other options. You know, there, like I said, there's just so much flying around right now. It's hard to know, you know, what to trust and who to trust, and um, you know, obviously some of the big uh, big name reporters, like you mentioned. But you know, does he end up? Does KD end up in Toronto? You know, may, I mean, <laughs> I saw somebody say the Lakers. Does that happen? I mean, there's just there's so much there, and it's so hard to hone down in. Uh, you know, I, I just don't think the Wizards are a fit right now or an option right now. Um, you know, maybe that'll change moving forward. But but as of right now, you know, if you're a Wizards fan, I certainly would not get your hopes up. So, Andrew, uh, we talked about them not having a whole lot of money to spend in free agency and possibly the trade market being where they add to this team. Do you hear anything or, or expect any moves to happen the rest of the offseason? Or do you think they'd probably just sit put with what they have? Yeah, I think they're probably just going to go with what they have um, because, like I said, you, you kind of look at the moves that they made. So you add, you know, Barton and Morris um, from from Denver. So there's your point guard. You, in essence, sort of replace KCP with Barton. And I think that, truthfully, I think both of those guys could be in the starting lineup. I think that that wing spot is going to be a really interesting position to monitor because if you kind of look at their starting lineup – you got Morris, you got Beal, you got Kuzma, and you got Porzingis. And there's four, and then you've got to figure out that extra spot. And I think basically it's going to be up to it's going to be up to Barton, it's going to be up to Hachimura, to Kispert, to Avdia, to all of those kind of players in that type of fit to fill in where they see uh, you know where they can and try and earn their minutes. Um, you know, we haven't even mentioned Johnny Johnny Davis yet. It was the team's first round pick. They see, you know, they they said and kind of indicated that they could view him as a point guard. Um, so I think really he can kind of play anywhere from one to three. They really did like his defense and his intensity when he worked out for the team. So I think they're going to see what they have at this point because you've got a little bit of flexibility in terms of you know positional value, in terms of lineup combinations and things like that. When you've got Kuzma and KCP on the floor, that, you know that's such a tall four or five that I, you know you can just do so many things there. So. I think they're going to experiment a little bit. Um, you know, may, look, maybe maybe it, works, maybe it doesn't, um, and then you get to the season, you realize changes are made. But I think right now, where we're standing in July, uh, I, th- I think this is pretty much what the Wizards are going to look like. 
I was going to ask you about uh, Johnny Davis, the uh, 10th pick there for the Wizards from uh, Wisconsin. What have you uh, heard from around uh, the Wizards and uh, what his expectations, I guess, are from them? Yeah, you know, it, it, for any rookie, it, it, you know, especially, you know, if you're not a, you know, a high-level draft pick and, you know, especially for some like Davis who, who really only played, um, you know, one season at Wisconsin where he truly got, you know, a lot of big time minutes. I know he played two years there, but you know, he didn't start. Uh, I don't think I don't know if he started every game or didn't start any games, or maybe started one or two. But it wasn't many. Was my point. So you're talking about a guy who really doesn't have a ton of, of big time college basketball experience. Now, when he did play, he was really good. I mean, he won Big Ten Player of the Year, first team All Big Ten. You can kind of go down the line there with his accolades. So I, I think that their I think that their expectations are high for him. But I don't think they were anticipating him coming in and being, you know, this immediate, okay, we see him day one at training camp. There's no way we can leave this guy out of the starting five. So, you know, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to play it, um, you know, a little bit realistic in terms of what they think. But, you know, I know they're high on him. They really liked when he worked out. Uh, They really liked what he can bring to the floor. Like I mentioned, Tommy Shepard just really for the last couple of months has mentioned defending the guard position better and kind of helps how that helps out the entire defense. So I think they really like what he can bring there. You add in some flexibility as a two or a three. And like I mentioned with the lineup versatility, you know, Unseld's got some, got some pretty unique options in terms of what he can do and different lineup combinations he can throw on the floor. So with Davis, there's a lot of options there. And I think for the first couple of weeks, couple of months, it's just going to be seeing where he fits and, and seeing what you can get out of him and where he fits the Wizards best because – you know, maybe he fits best with Beal on the floor, and then you figure out the rest later. But for now, I, I think that they're going to take it easy with him and, and kind of see where he fits in. Andrew Gillis, NBC Sports, watching our guest. Final one for you, Andrew, here. Uh, Saturday, July 9th, the Wizards Summer League gets going. Uh, what are they looking for from their team in this Summer League? Obviously, you're going to have Johnny Davis, but a lot of other guys on that team. Uh, what's the What are they looking for in this Summer League tournament for them? Yeah, you know the summer league is, is a is a pretty unique, um, pretty unique thing because you know how many other how many other leagues do you have where the draft picks immediately go play against other draft picks against other young players in the league. So you know the big thing that you got to look out for with the Wizards is is you know to keep on the Johnny Davis topic. You, you got to look out for how he's going to play because uh, if Davis plays well, um, you're going to feel pretty good about where you stand with him. Um, but the, the Wizards, you know, we kind of mentioned the lineup being set. I mean, you go through, you got the starting five, well, you know, whoever's going to fill in that third spot in the starting five. Then you've got a deep bench. So I think right now you just kind of want to see some young players, you know, maybe get a training camp invite, um, you know, maybe kind of show themselves and prove to themselves that, and prove to the Wizards that you can, you can kind of maybe count on them for G League minutes or whatever. But, you know, right now their their roster is kind of kind of what it is. So, you know, Davis is going to be the headliner, and he's going to obviously draw a lot of the attention. So, so that's where I would focus if I were a Wizards fan and kind of looking and seeing. Okay, here's what he can bring. Here's what the Wizards like about him, and here's how he looks. Andrew Gillis, NBC Sports Washington, our guest. Thanks for the time, Andrew. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Andrew Gillis, NBC Sports Watching, covers the Wizards and the Capitals. We'll probably talk to him about the Caps here soon, but uh, thanks, Tim, for taking some time for coming on with us. Has a lot to break down with the Wizards and kind of combining all of it in one, guys. We went from the draft to free agency, now to summer league. 
Yeah, he brought up the interesting point that I kind of forgot about with uh, Monte Morris and Will Barton coming over is that Wes Sell Jr. Uh, coached those guys in Denver. So he is familiar with them. I think Morris will fit in as a nice young point guard that can step in now to a starting role uh, in Washington or at least more of a consistent starting role since he was Jamal Murray's backup uh, in Denver. And then Will Barton is a veteran that can do a lot of good things. Uh, on the wing for Washington. So I think they won that trade. You know, we talked about it when they made the deal. And uh, that was just kind of an interesting point that I had kind of forgotten about that I didn't really recognize at the time. But uh, definitely, you know, an interesting team. I think this year Washington can definitely uh, qualify for the playoffs. But, you know, how exciting will the team be in terms of maybe a deeper run this year? I, I don't know. But. There's definitely some good young pieces and uh, something to be excited about, I guess. Definitely. Any final points there? Uh, you got to be happy that Beal decided to stay in Washington, so that's a uh, promising point. And as Nick said, they got a lot of young talent, so hopefully that helps uh, Washington be able to rebuild and see if they can get into the playoffs this year. And uh, before we hit the break, Zion Williamson, over the weekend, he agrees to a five-year designated maximum rookie option that could wor- be worth up to $231 million. Uh, he's coming back from that, uh, what, what injury, I guess you would say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Injury that kind of kept him out for a bunch over the last couple of years. Uh, but that's a big contract extension for, yeah, he is worth it, but he hasn't been on the court. Yeah, there is some questions there with Zion Williamson, but... I mean, coming out of college, one of the best prospects uh, that has come out since LeBron James. So, I mean, the potential that Zion has, uh, if he can stay healthy, I think is worth the risk there for a team like New Orleans, who is kind of on the rise. I mean, they have some good pieces uh, with Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum. Uh, So you add Zion to that mix with the young talent they have there. And, and you can definitely be a, a playoff team, I think, in New Orleans. So it's worth the risk that the Pelicans, you know, they don't really have many great players in, in their history, or at least that have stuck around. So if you can keep Zion around, uh, I think it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just want to get Colin's take on this, as he is a Celtics fan last week on vacation. Don't know if you saw this, but... Celtics losing assistant Will Hardy. He'll replace Quinn Snyder in for the Jazz as their new head coach. Uh, you disappointed that they're losing? I don't think it'll make too much of a difference. Celtics made some good moves. They did. I'm looking forward to it. I was uh, curious to see if anything was going to happen to Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart, but it didn't happen, so. All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg, we became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on their side of this break. We'll wrap things up, talk a little MLB, some uh, club options coming for a manager and a GM here in the area. Uh, plus, we'll talk some other stuff that happened this weekend if we have time for that, but that'll be after this two-minute break. You tune in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Lost souls 
with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Tom, I hit your car with a softball. Did you throw it or hit it off the tee? Off the tee. Whoa, good hit, kid. Good thing we know Cody from Cody's Auto Body. I'll text him now. Oh, Kenna, I heard you hit your mom's window with a softball. Good hit. Keeps me in business. We can get you in lickety split. No Hey, that's a bad word. Shut up, kid. We won't drop the ball on your car. Every repair is a grand slam. Bring your car to Cody's Auto Body. As always, it's Cody's with a T for trust. Hey, you can't say that. I'm Matthew Foldy, and I approve this message. Paid for by Matthew Foldy for Congress. This is Governor Larry Hogan. One-party government in Washington is hurting Americans across the country. Inflation is out of control. Crime is on the rise. People are fed up. That's why it's essential that we elect strong, common-sense conservatives to Congress. Conservatives like Matthew Foldy. Matthew Foldy represents a new generation of conservative leadership. He fought with us to take on the one-party monopoly in Annapolis, and I trust him to hold the career Washington politicians accountable. Matthew Foldy gets results. As a conservative investigative reporter, he exposed corruption across the federal government. He will bring honesty and integrity to Washington while making sure our voice is heard. So please join me in supporting Matthew Foldy for Congress in Maryland's 6th Congressional District. Early voting runs from July 7th to July 14th, and Election Day is July 19th. Learn more at www.matthewfoldy.com. The South Morgan Volunteer Fire Department Carnival is August the 30th through September the 3rd this year with free admission. Enjoy the fun of this year's carnival with an amazing selection of rides, live music from great local artists, live auctions, contests, and the usual assortment of mouth-watering delicious food. Discounted ride wristbands and ride and food voucher combos are available in advance. The carnival is located at 10166 Winchester Grade Road in beautiful Berkeley Springs. Find out more about this fun event at firemanscarnival.com. That's firemanscarnival.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call them at 304-263-4343 or stop by the Ameriprise Financial Services Office at 1270 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Spencer Buenick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin wrapping things up on this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, we get the news. I get the news in my inbox on, what was it, Saturday morning? Yes, Saturday early afternoon, 135, uh, and for immediate release from the Nationals PR uh, Washington Nationals exercise options on Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez, the 2023 contract options for both of them. Um, uh, in a statement from owner Mark Lerner, Mike and Davey have been leading the Nationals for several years, and it is only right to continue with them at the forefront. 
Quote, Mike has led us many years in different phases of our organization, and we believe his work during the current phase will pay off in the end. Davey has done a tremendous job in the clubhouse and in the dugout for five seasons. His continued determination and unwavering support of his players makes us proud. We are lucky to have Mike and Davey leading the way, end quote. Uh, the Nationals obviously in the middle of a rebuilding process, selling off a lot of major pieces last year. And uh, I guess they're giving them another year to let this in motion. It only makes sense because you don't just sell off the team and then let them go. Yeah, it's not the manager's fault that the team's uh, rebuilding. He's doing the best that he can in his position. So I think it makes sense. And I mean, uh, I don't think it's the general manager's fault either because you build the team. The team gets you where you want to go. And you see this across all sports. Eventually, you just hit the decline. That's well, what happens more in or less in baseball when it I comes mean, you to see, the you big saw that market, with the small market situation. You got the World Series, so you, that's what you wanted out of it. And now this is how baseball works when you're a market like Washington. You have to start rebuilding and try to work your way back up. Yeah, and then they went and got swept this weekend by the Marlins at home. Uh, went to extras yesterday. Not a good look for them, but they start a three-game series in Philly. Uh, tonight, 7.05, 7.05 tomorrow, and then 4.05 on Thursday. Then they're Atlanta in Atlanta for a weekend series. They're off next Monday. Uh, but uh, just, what I think it was, this, three, six, eight, 12 games before the All-Star break. Yeah, you're at the midway point. I think it was game 81 for the O's yesterday and got the win against uh, Matt Miller's Texas Rangers. So it, they're at a point, though, that, I don't think many expected them to be. I didn't think uh, well, now a lot of people going into the season. Well, I, both teams we knew were going to struggle. Yeah. But I don't think we thought at the beginning of the season that it was going to be the Nationals that are, I think I had 24 games back out of 500 and the Orioles seven games back of 500. Yeah, and you know, going into the series with the Marlins, they were having a, a pretty good week and a half. I mean, they had kind of floundered a couple games or found, got f- swept – uh, by the Braves, and then they had that weird fluky, uh, what was it, four-game, no, five-game series there with the Phillies, and they won a few of those. They won the final game, the getaway day game. They went one and one against the uh, Orioles. They went two and one against the Texas Rangers, and then they went uh, two and one against the Pirates, losing the last one eight to seven in a in a wonky game uh, in the getaway day game there. And then getting swept by the Marlins in four games, they were having you know the, the Nationals just can't stay consistent. They'll they'll go. That's with, what happens when go, you're a rebuilding team. Yeah, though. they'll go seven eight games and look really really good. Go maybe you know six and or t- in ten game span they'll go six and four, and then they'll lose out on their next like six games in a row or something. Anything, Nick? Uh, kind of quiet over here right, right now. <laughs> I was just taking it all in. <laughs> taking it all in. Nick yeah, I mean, the the Orioles are playing pretty good, I think, this year compared to what we expected. Um, the Nationals are about how we expected them to be. I mean, we knew that they didn't have a whole lot uh, of talent on that roster. And I think it's the right decision to keep those guys – in place. I think Rizzo's proven to be a pretty quality GM. Uh, you know, Davey Martinez is the manager. I, I don't know if he, I, I was kind of surprised that he maybe wants to stick around because I feel like he could be a guy that could get a uh, club that maybe is underperforming and take them over and have some success. I mean, uh, I feel like that's ultimately what he did with the Nationals yeah. when it comes to the playoffs. Like the Nationals 
were performing pretty well there from 2012 to 2016, 17. And then they just didn't produce in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden there, they win the world series under Davey Martinez. Yeah. I mean, the Orioles, when they went into their rebuild, they went for a clean start when it came to the GM and the manager. So it kind of depends, I think, though, on the history of your organization. I think Rizzo's proven to be a, a pretty good man or GM to build up a team. So I think that makes sense to keep him around. And not Nationals or Orioles news. Did you guys see Jacob DeGrom's first rehab start? I think he only pitched 25 pitches. Uh, but his fastball averaged up into the hundreds. 25 pitches, and he threw 100, 100, 101 uh, on well, much of them. if you know you're only going to throw 25 pitches, I guess that but, makes I mean, sense that you can hit 100 each time. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was pretty good for him to come back there. And Max Scherzer making his uh, debut here, or, you know, coming back from that rehab soon as well. So the Mets just going to look nasty going into the rest of the season. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to NBC Sports Washington's Andrew Gillis for coming on, talking to us, and call us back. We'll have him for the rest of the week as well. Uh, but Little League tonight at 5, 4.55 p.m. But that'll do it for this edition. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long.